head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 237 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee Podcast, a.k.a. The Pod God. Join today by the Teddy Thomas of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a very interesting weekend of mixed martial arts in, in the UK and Ireland, uh, and uh, further afield as well. Obviously, this is uh, this is our first, last podcast now for a couple of weeks. Actually, next week we'll have the State of the UFC podcast coming out uh, at the weekend, so no normal podcast next week, but we'll have you covered with a big podcast anyway. So that should be uh, interesting. It'll be out for free for everyone, so have a listen to that. But uh, Graham, how are you on your heartings? Good weekend. Yeah, good, good. What what did Teddy do in, in the match? Uh, I think he got a try, the, the, didn't he? I think he got a try, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you were at the match, were you? I was, yeah. It was a good crack. Me, uh, like, I, after all the shit I've given rugby, to me to go to a rugby, rugby match. match yeah. <laughs> rugby match, yeah. Monster versus Racing 92. My sister... In, in Dublin as well. No, you no. Came to Dublin for no, a rugby match. No, I was on Limerick. What, no? No, I was on Limerick. Oh, was it? Yeah, I was on Limerick. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. My sister was like, uh, oh, Never mind. I asked her what I was, she wanted for her birthday, and she was like, oh, I want to see Tom Park, get tickets for a match. I was like, all right, grand, so I got tickets. It was actually, it's very enjoyable. Do you know what? I've never really done it before, gone to a sporting event that I don't really care about. It's great, like, you can just enjoy the match, you can have a few points, and, like, you aren't living and dying by what happens on the field. I, I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was a good game as well, it was a draw, so it was very and close. And a close, a, close, yeah, a close rugby game is always always good as well. Yeah. High level, obviously. Uh, and, like, you know, the crowd is obviously, uh, Munster crowd is obviously big into it. You kind of probably get taken taken up by the atmosphere a bit as well. Yeah, the atmosphere is but, very uh, good pe- as well. People, yeah. uh, people see, don't like our other sports talk usually, but I think people seem to like our uh, our Liverpool Man United kind of last week, yeah, kind of stuff last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that got away because I think you were just so nonsense about that. Like. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is that? That's crazy. <laughs> what the fuck was that? What was that? <laughs> it was your boy Klopp laughing. <laughs> Dickhead. What did, oh yeah, what, what was this? Did Liverpool win today? Did they get what did they rob with VAR or whatever today? Well, just uh, another convincing win for Liverpool. Handy three points. Uh, never liked them, fucking short of bastards. The league is over anyway. <laughs> Who cares? The league is over. The only team worth watching are playing tomorrow. But uh, sure, fuck it. Soccer. Sure, uh, it's a big battle tomorrow to see who the, the highest position United yeah. team with United in their name is. Mm. Sheffield United versus Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Big mid-table clash. My boy JJ over on True Waltz podcast reckons Chris Wilder is the next coming into the fucking Jesus Christ himself. So <laughs> I'll never. I hope anyway. Carried away with a few, a few, a few results. Like this season is just mental. Uh, yeah, outside of the top, one. outside of the top few, it's I'll just stop one. You know, uh, uh, Sheffield United, you know, like they could get relegated or they could finish in the yeah. top six. Like you know, it's it, it could go either way. Like, uh, but um, I think at the end of the season it'll look a little bit more like it usually does with. 
Leicester City wedged in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I think teams like Sheffield United and, and Bournemouth and Burnley and Wolves and all will, will fall away. Like I know um, it's a, it's kind of turbulent at Man United, but I, you know they'll pick up enough wins to finish ahead of these teams. I think. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, Poch, like yeah. you, you were, you were celebrating as if he'd already become the manager when yeah. uh, when he was sacked. So, yeah. Uh, what, what, what are is your thoughts it, now? Are well, you get, are you getting nervous? We won't get into that here because we'll be twenty minutes. But my thoughts are: hopefully, Man United lose lose like five games in a row and we get Poch in immediately. That's the sort of fan I am. I'm not ashamed of it. Everyone deep down <laughs> is actually like that. They're all like, "Oh no, I would never want Man United to lose." What if it made Man United better? Then would you want Man United to lose? Yeah. So there you go. But anyway. Let's get into a bit of it. <laughs> That's, people are not going to like that. I, I I won't lie here. I've had a few drinks today. I was at the match. I didn't realize we were doing the podcast today. And Graham was like, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So there's nothing we could do. But so, sure, look. So unprofessional. It, 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 it's at least, we have, at least we, have, we have professional people on the team like... Uh myself and uh Ian Andy Stevenson Ian. and big big Liverpool big Liverpool fan uh Ian O'Neill <laughs> is he a Liverpool fan <laughs> no I think he's a Man United fan but I'm, I'm gonna always refer to him as a big Liverpool fan I thought that was Sean Dini you referred to as a Liverpool fan yeah it is but no Ian O'Neill's now uh now a big Liverpool fan him, even man. though he's a Man United fan I think yeah right let's get into MMA Better I off, like more fun for being a Liverpool <laughs> yeah. fan I kind of wish I was a Liverpool fan right now Man United or some fucking shit no, we need a clip that I kind of wish I was no, a Liverpool no, no, fan no, 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 I take that back. <laughs> that was pure life. That was pure life. But anyway, right. Before we get to the MMA, was there any other sport on over the weekend? We got the rugby, we got soccer, anything else? I'm going to a boy week tomorrow, so uh, yeah. Want to see there. Well, I used to be a big fan of the Packers. One of my friends is a fan as well. And I think they're coming to London next year. So if they're coming to London and go over to that, it'd be some fucking beer at an NFL game. I'd say it'd be class. Yeah, the Vikings played a couple of games in London, but I uh, only realised after it was. I think it sells out very, very quickly. Yeah, I think there's like three or four games in London now, though, isn't there? And they want a Tottenham Stadium as well. There'll be a lot of NFL there with fucking Jose Mourinho playing these. They've been talking about like a London team for a long time, but uh, it's very, I don't know, it's a very big uh, trip to be making. I know there's big trips in in America and stuff, but it's a big time difference and stuff. It It would be pretty cool though. It would, yeah. Speaking of sports in London, there was two big MMA cards on in, in London this week. See that Wee. fucking professional. That's professionalism there. No. Even when drunk. Even, well, I wouldn't go with drunk now. I've had like 10 points. But uh, no, no. Worse than Noel McGrath. No, worse than Ah, uh, here. Not that. Happy birthday, Noel McGrath, actually. It's his birthday today, so fair play to him. Uh, what is he? What is he now? 46, I think. Or is it 44? At all. 45? Jesus. Not sure. He looked, he, he, yeah, he's looked. Who knows? Yeah, who knows at this stage. It was very funny one time in, in London. I, I joked about getting his checking his passport when he was saying his age and I went to go to the toilet. Uh, we were in an Airbnb and I went to go to the toilet and he thought I was going to his room to get his passport. He came, jumped out, I'd never seen him move so fast trying to come after me. I was like, relax, I'm just going to the jacks like <laughs> get fucking killed. That was in the same Airbnb Airbnb with the video of it. we oh, were slagging him with fifteen uh, point, point man. Yeah, that was uh, really no, no, the one where we were, where he was in his boxers and he's walking out to have a smoke in the balcony and we're talking oh, about yeah. him being a a wonderful oh, point man. Oh yes, yes, I remember that. I remember that. Right, let's talk about MMA. Fuck's sake, we'll be here for next week. Um, this Bellator card, no, I didn't... is MMA. That's true. This Bellator card, how, how much of the undercard you see? I only came in and saw the main card. Anything from that undercard there that uh, you'd like to report back on? You saw the Charlie Ward fight, didn't you? 
Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I saw a few people saying that they thought Charlie won, but I, I didn't think, I didn't think he did. Uh, he was looking for that big shot the whole time, looking to make it a, a slugfest. But uh, Panini was a uh, kind of on his bike, making it difficult and uh, <laughs> bloodied up Charlie's nose a bit. And uh, at the end, Charlie was kind of calling for him to throw down and uh, in the center of the cage, but. Uh, Panini was having none of it wisely against somebody throwing haymakers to Charlie Ward, and I think did enough to to win to win the decision. Mm. Uh, Robert Whiteford had a really nice come from behind knockout uh, against Sam Cecilia. Uh, was kind of getting dominated, had been dropped himself, uh, and then just just, just kind of put a combination together and and finished it in the third round very late. Um. Yeah, Lewis Long had a nice rear naked choke over Walter Walter Gahadza. Uh, Walter Gahadza. I think he had an eighteen and hour, sixteen and hour record at one stage, but now now he's kind of stepped up a bit. He's he's eighteen and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, uh, there was a my boy Alfie Davis. Was a forearm one. choke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a forearm choke finish, which you don't really see very often. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there was a few good fights. I didn't see the, the very first few, but uh, I caught most of the prelims and all of the main card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aiden Lee won as well. Goes to eight and four now. He was kind of a prospect coming through at one stage. Chris Bungard as well, gone to fifteen and five. He beat Terry Brazier there and gone back not too long ago as well. So, yeah, not some good wins for the kind of the up and comers, I suppose. Or well, maybe not the up and comers, but some of the 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 guys in on the UK scene there coming up. So. Uh, yeah, all in all, Tim Wilde got a good win as well. Charlie Leary, so fair play to him. Well, actually, I, I, I'd have to go back and watch it more closely, but uh, I, I thought he lost. Uh, and yeah, I didn't see it. He then. looked very surprised with the decision, and I think everybody everybody looked very surprised with the decision, but uh, I'd have to go back and watch it properly. Should them fucking judges have a clue what they're doing? Let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially that Ben Cartlett. That Cartlett said, what does he have a clue? Uh, right, this Sarah back <laughs> Terry Brazier fight was... Uh, it was a great, it was a good fight, very good performance on Sarn back. But the fucking Terry Brazier roaring, boring motherfucker, and all this fucking boring motherfucker, like in the <laughs> middle of the fight and on the microphone afterwards. Yeah, that as was if so Terry Brazier hasn't done that for yeah, most of his it, career. Yeah, the though. exact same thing to Reese McKee for a full fight. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, these these things happen in MMA. Like, you know, for example, like it always comes to mind when Rampage Jackson he, he goes crazy when people try to take him down or mm-hmm. uh, or take him down and lay on top of him, and then but if he gets tired and is getting beaten in a strike. And he's straight over there trying to get a takedown. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just the way it goes in MMA. Guys are frustrated, and it just comes out like that, I suppose. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. It was odd. I thought that was very odd. I, look, I, I thought back one, one uh, all three rounds. Uh, he landed a Brazier landed a hard kind of shot early back took him down or was it 29-28 I had it let me look I don't know but anyway I'll, I'll go through it uh, was, I thought the first one was close uh, as I said Brazier landed hard early back got a takedown landed uh, uh, landed a few shots on top in the second round back got a couple of takedowns there were some very good scrambles there um, back almost got an arm triangle at one stage but Terry Brazier did very well to get out of that but back won that round I thought uh, and uh, in the third back got a takedown again and that was kind of when the boring motherfucker thing went. So there was that the first round was close. I thought back definitely won the second, and the third round was relatively close again. But I thought back won it personally as well. But uh, you know, overall, yeah, I thought you won all three three rounds. Yeah, good performance from back. He, he's he, just he's, a grappling, like yeah. you know, he's, Terry Brazier is a good, good, good grappler, and he he's good on top. But back was just on another level, and Brazier it just showed how frustrating how frustrated he was with his outbursts about. Poor motherfucker and all that stuff. That's just because he, you know, 
if he could have used his energy to to get up and he, he would have but he just couldn't because of the the grappling of of back so you got to credit back with that it was, okay it may not be the most uh the most exciting of, of fights but it's very effective and very hard to stop yeah like to me it felt a bit like <clears throat> terry brazier this is i suppose terry brazier didn't want to get into this sort of battle and i don't know was that maybe because he thought he'd have more of an advantage on the feet, even though he does that in that position as well. I like it, to me. If I hadn't not known better and I had only seen like a few of backs re- or um, Brazier's recent fights, I would have said right. Brazier probably got be gone down here trying to you know win that battle for kind of grappling supremacy and take him down and you know because that's the sort of fighter back is very good there as well. And the fact when he came out afterwards, basically. You know, and and during the fight it was like, oh, this what's a grappling match? What the fuck are you doing? Like that just to me was very very odd. Like you know, I thought that would be the battle he'd be trying to fight, and that be the battle he'd be trying to win. But it feels like he got into that battle and he just surrendered a little bit. Like and very petulant stuff during the fight, very petulant stuff after the fight. Very odd, very very odd. And fair play to Sam back. He stayed composed in there. He stayed you know calm and did what he needed to do. Like, on the feet, Terry Brazier, as I said, landed that hard shot at the very start. Um, but other than that, like, I don't think back was that stressed, to be honest. Even if it stayed on the feet, I don't think back would have been would have been that stressed. No, he didn't take any chances, and he dominated on the ground. But a very good win for Sarn back. You know, Sarn has been around for a good while. You know, the Cage Warriors champion and all that. He's fucking a lot of wins now over, over the last... Uh, over the last while, you know, beating Paddy, Plim, Paddy, Paddy Pimblet and Alexander Jacobson and Martin Staple and stuff in, in Cage Warriors, which are all good wins. So, you know, back is, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the top fighters in the UK and Ireland and Europe. And when Bellator signed him, I suppose it was it was the first, well, maybe not the first one, but one of the those big signings, I think, for the people around here. Like, that day when I was in Dublin at the media day and he turned up there, I think everyone was kind of, like, a bit shocked. It was like, I thought Stormback was going to the the UFC. You know, he was, he's one of these guys who did the Cage Warriors pat. You know, you say you get into Cage Warriors, you win the championship, you beat a guy like Paddy Pimblett, you win loads of fights, and then you go to the UFC. But he went to Bellator. So, that, like... I think it's a very it's very interesting to see what they do with Sarn back because if they keep him around the Bellator or the, the European series in Bellator and don't maybe move him on pretty quickly to fighting in America, I think that's interesting because where what will be people be thinking then like let's say you know let, let, let's say Paddy Pimblett now he mightn't be the man because uh, he he's had a lot of bad things to say about Bellator but someone like him let's say he wins three or four fights in a row and then there's a Bellator offer and there's a UFC offer like. I'm sure someone in that position would look at what happens to back over the next year to see where they should go. So I think this is <coughs> this is very interesting to see what Bellator do with Sarm back over the next while. But as I say, a very good win here. A good fight. Kind of Cage Warriors <laughs> versus Bama back in the day. Uh, a battle and, and Cage Warriors won this one. So so fair play to him. Um, right, let's move on. What, what did you think of this Fabian Edwards-Mike Shipman fight? It was a bit of a... <laughs> weren't expecting this really, were we? Yeah, well, like obviously Shipman's a good wrestler and has a rugby background and stuff, but I didn't expect him to be have so much uh, clinch control against the cage. I thought Edwards would be able to hold his own a bit better, and uh, I think w- w- when Shipman did get takedowns, I think, and in the whole fight everywhere, I think uh, Fabian was just way, way, way too passive. Uh, yeah. When he did turn it on, he had a lot of a lot of success, and he had he had a couple of very nice shots early in the first round and late in the first round, but. 
he just needs to show a lot, lot more urgency. Uh, when he did show urgency, a bit of urgency in the third round, he was teeing off and he was looking really good, and he and he he had Shipman in a lot of trouble, but he he left it too close for comfort and unnecessarily, I think. Mm-hmm. It's before we get to the fight for one second. There's actually something I want to kind of talk about because I think it actually plays into maybe the passiveness as well, like. I was talking to, to Kelly Steve the other day on the um, on the Patreon UK MMA show podcast we have, and it was very interesting. Like I think we talked about it on the podcast before, but I think it's very interesting to get the perspective of people in that area covering the sport in that area. And like, like the UK, I don't it doesn't really have that many people covering MMA with like you know maybe like us who are covering it all the time and you know you know on different places or like pizza you know and on espn you're like or uh, sorry on mma fighting like going on ariel show and things like that to get that kind of perspective maybe because ireland is smaller and maybe because there's so few of us we can you know it's easier to kind of send out whereas and in the uk there hasn't been a big one like that but i don't really see that many people like telling that story the story in the uk and i think steve did a great job of it anyone's listened to that podcast and the story is basically that um fabian edwards is from birmingham and this fight tonight was in London. And he's not going to get supported that well in London because he's from Birmingham. You know, and people, Paddy Pimblett, when he fights in, in London, you know, it might be the same for him, but that's kind of a more of a cage warriors thing, I suppose. But like, you know, it's there's a weird, like someone from, like, look at James Galler. He's from Tyrone and he is the biggest star in Dublin. You know, Peter Queeley, he's from Waterford and he got like maybe the greatest walkout of all time in Dublin. Brian, but you know Brian Moore gets a very good walkout every time he comes out, and he's from Exeter. Now you have the McGregor's and the Keith Crosby's now as well from Dublin. But you know what I mean? Irish people, you go to Dublin, you you know if someone's from Limerick, from Cork, from Wexford, Waterford, whatever, they're gonna get cheered, and no one really gives a fuck. Like it's, I bet you a lot of people don't even know Peter Queeley's from Waterford. Like you know, it's one of those things. But in England, it's different. Like the the people, the MMA fans especially, and it was tonight. It was probably only MMA fans there because that crowd was horrific. But that's another story. Um. They support their own. You know, if it's a London guy against the Birmingham guy, they're going to be supporting the London guy against, you know, if they're from London, Birmingham guy, if they're from Birmingham. But even if it's the Birmingham guy fighting someone from America or whatever, there's going to be a lot of people supporting, uh, you know, supporting the other guy, supporting the, the, the guy who is, you know, even the guy who's not English. It's it's a weird dynamic to have. And now that mightn't always be yeah, the case. Yeah, well, I think know? this is a bad example because uh, well, yeah, he's is a London guy, London, but, but I yeah. still eat. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah. in Ireland, it's just there's no even talk of oh, where's he from in Ireland? There's there's no mention of that ever. Yeah, but like, like I don't think say like if Kiefer Crosby fought someone from you know Tyrone. I don't think that the person from Tyrone would get booed out of the building or like get a really bad reception if he came in. Now Kiefer might get more you know of a pop or whatever. But I don't think that would happen here. Like, well, Norman Park, like, is kind of an example. Like, he gets supported, but if he's fighting Paul Redmond, he, he doesn't get supported. Yeah, but I don't think he got booed either, did he? In that fight? Mm, I don't think he got a bad reception. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah so. I don't think he got a bad reception, but I don't think he was, like, you know, supported. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's an interesting one though. I think it's it's an interesting one. Yeah, maybe this isn't the good, the best one to talk about it. But it's not just England. Like you know, it's America. Obviously, America's huge. But like I remember around UFC Dublin, uh, the McGregor Brandao card, a lot of fighters, were, people on Twitter and social media, etc., were saying, "Oh, I'd love to have that support from my my yeah. fellow country." countrymen or fans or whatever and it's just it's just different i suppose ireland's tiny and a little island so it just kind of 
you know, if the if the Irish cricket team wins a game, everybody's into cricket for yeah. for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I like. I I think in America as well as you said because it's so big. England is a bit, bit big, all right, but. I actually think it's, and Steve kind of said this as well, that it's very much uh, kind of a, a soccer thing, maybe, or, a, you know, it, it, people are kind of, uh, are more used to supporting their local teams, and now we have GA and everything as well, and rugby or whatever that thing is, but, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit different, but that's, an, I think it's an yeah, interesting... You know, if, 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 say, for example, if Munster were playing against uh, an English side or a Welsh side or a French side, uh most Irish people would support Munster, even that. if they're from Connacht or from from Leinster. I think they'd be they they would want the Irish really? team to win. I like even Ulster. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I like Aston Nile McGrath maybe, but like I wouldn't really support Leinster if they were. I wouldn't want them to like. I wouldn't want them to lose or anything. I wouldn't care. But you know, I don't know. It's, like it's, I, if, if Munster were playing against, like against some random other team, I'd want them to win. Oh, yeah, like just. Enough. Naturally, I wouldn't be like mad up for the momentum, but yeah. just natural inclination towards supporting them if I'm yeah. watching it. And I think like the the kind of the main point here, I suppose, is us watching it. Maybe me, me and you watching, people from America watching, lots of people from Ireland watching, mightn't mightn't get that. But I suppose it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on because sometimes they say, you know, let let's say okay, let's say Fabian Edwards is fighting, you know, someone from Italy, and you said this is a bad example because the guy he's fighting is from London, but he's fighting someone from Italy and he's fighting in London, and maybe he doesn't get the best reception in the world, like. I, I think that's got to do with the fact that he's not from London and maybe from the outside looking in when, you know, if he's fighting someone from Italy, they're going to say Fabian Edwards fighting in his home country. And he is, but it's not his hometown. It's like me fighting in Dublin and they're saying you're fighting in your hometown. Well, it's not actually my hometown. You know, It's, it's one of those things as well. But yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting thing to, to look at kind of going forward and look as well at the rivalry because London Shoe Fighters versus the Team Renegade guys, they, that Team Renegade is the best team in, in the UK and Ireland by a, by an absolute mile. I think now just a fantastic team. But uh, yeah, look, uh, as we said, Paddy Bimblet as UK well. and Ireland. Yeah. Why? Ooh, big call. Why, are you saying SPG is better? <laughs> I don't think. Well, it's, you, you could make you could make an argument. You could make an argument for both, but I think uh, obviously uh, um, with McGregor there, people a lot of people would fighting? say that. And yeah, isn't is he? he? No, I haven't seen him in a long time. He's fought like once in the last two years. Hashtag MMA retirement. He'll be back. <laughs> See him again. But yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but like. There's no one else from SBG in in the UFC apart from you know non-Irish guys, but let's suppose they count as well. We're looking at Jim versus Jim, but there's very few at the top of Bellator at the top of of UFC from SBG and McGregor isn't around. So but you have you know. James Gallagher, you have you have Gunnar Nelson, you have Loboff at the top of uh, Barry Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, no like obviously it's a, it's a great, great, great up and coming team. Yeah, he's but, playing Pedro uh, Carvalho as well as fighting for the Bellator Championship coming up here soon. So yeah, no, look, it's a, it's yeah. a good matchup. Let's let's have a a Team Renegade versus SPG card here on the Bellator thing coming up here. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. But anyway, right this this fight, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was twenty nine, twenty eight. To be honest, to um to uh, Fabian Edwards, uh, Shipman had loads of clinch. In the first round, he had knees from the clinch. Fabian was landing single shots, and I thought he did enough with those single shots early, especially to win the round. Shipman really wasn't landing much in the clinch, and I thought Fabian was answering back with enough, and he was pulling him around as well and got a bit of a clinch himself. In the second round, Shipman had a takedown. He was on top for about two minutes. Uh, he landed a few shots, not too many. When it got back up, 
Uh, Shipman landed one very hard shot, I thought. Uh, Fabian landed a few as well, maybe three or four, but I thought Shipman's one big shot was enough, coupled with his shots on the ground, to take that round. Uh, but Fabian did land a few uh, early and went for a takedown of his own as well, which I don't think was the, the best decision in the world. And the third it was all Fabian Edwards then. He came out in the second, he, like right before he went for that takedown, he was landing really, really nicely. And then he yeah. went for a re really, he didn't set it up at all and just kind of put his two hands out and leant forward. It was a really, really bad takedown attempt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it got him into a fr front choke and basically I thought lost him that round. Yeah, me too. It was it was relatively close though, but I, yeah, I thought he lost it as well. In the third, like the third, it wasn't a 10 8, but it was. You know, it was it was definitely a ten nine. There was there was no doubt in the world about that for Fabian Edwards. He hurt him early. He had way more urgency. It was the only kind of time in the fight he had urgency. Uh, Shipman got a takedown. He didn't do much with it. Uh, and Fabian got up. There was some nice uh, combos from Fabian Edwards then. Uh, clinching in from Shipman, landed nothing there really. And uh, Fabian landed some very very good shots late. And took his back as well uh, at the end. That Shipman was kind of. On borrowed time near the end, and he went out and he's, he won it uh, 29 28. Uh, we spent a lot of time in, on this fight, I suppose. Were you okay well, the with first... the judge's decision or not? Yeah, yeah, I was. I thought the first round, I, I, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but a few people I saw on Twitter, including Andy Stevenson, mm -hmm. giving, it, giving it to uh, Shipman. But I think it's, no. again, it's that expecting more from really high prospect or yeah. a really top level guy like uh, Fighter A versus like Fighter if, B. If it, had been the yeah, if it had been the exact other way around and. Uh, you know those shots had been landed on Fabian by Shipman, especially in yeah. in the opening minute of the fight. Like nobody would be scoring that round that way, you know. So I think people got to be wary of that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, but look, it wasn't the best effort from Fabian. A lot of people talking about a rematch after that fight. I don't think I wouldn't. I don't want to see the rematch. But Fabian today. was calling for it as well. So yeah, yeah Fabian was saying, oh, if people want want to want to make a rematch, let's do it. Make it more clear. Yeah. So I was never really. If he wanted, I'm sure. I'm sure. She, I'm sure Shipman wants it, you know. Yeah. I was never really into that this fight that much. Like it, there's a bit of beef between them and stuff. But as a fight itself, I was never daddy. I like I knew it'd be a like a good close matchup, but I don't know. I I'd, I'd rather Fabian move on now. You know, if Shipman is, you know, if Shipman keeps going, if Fabian keeps going, maybe they can meet again. But right now, nah. I don't. I really don't want to see this rematch. Let's let's. I think it makes sense because like you know he did really? have some success against Fabian. He shut him down for for a lot of the fight. Like yeah, uh, but shutting I'll, someone down is not winning the fight either. Like especially. When I, it's know that, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, move on. Let's let's move on. Fuck that. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> the main event in was MVP against another dude who no one ever heard of. He threw a right hand. And he knocked him out. Congratulations to Michael Venom Page. Right, let's move on. Uh, it was a nice knockout, Tom. It was a nice knockout. But, like, what's the point? I'm so frustrated with MVP. Like, MVP is one of my favorite fighters. I, I love watching MVP fight. I love that Even style. When he's, you know, when he's doing the celebration after, you're just like, oh, all right. Yeah, I, and I love the celebration as well. I love the stupid walkouts. I love all of that. Like, But it's it's so frustrating. It's so At least he called for... Yeah. Called for the the Douglas yeah. Lima rematch. In fairness, like uh, if that does happen next, fair enough. But really, don't want to see him fight some other guy that we barely heard of or never heard of. No, like let, let's take a quick look at MVP's record here, right? So Gianni uh, Maiello, Richard Kylie, who was what three and one going into the fight. Douglas Lima lost to him before that. Paul Daly, and then you have David Rickles, Fernando Gonzalez. Don't be disrespecting Kylie again, fuck's sake. I I try to get over that as quick as possible. So I can get mad at me. Say nothing. Uh, Evangelista Santos, Jermaine Holloway, Charles. I don't even know what he, he did. did. You can imagine uh, with Cyborg Santos, he did 
break his skull. Skull, yeah. But like, who are all these lads like? A bunch of nobodies. Like, come on, in fairness, you're you're one of the top fucking fighters in the world. You're sixteen and one, and you're fighting a lad no one has ever fucking heard of. Like, and I know you're supposed to fight someone else who is okay, but like, you should be going in there and you should be fighting. A Benson Henderson, or you should be fighting Lee Magin, or you should be fighting Rory McDonald, or you should be fighting whoever else is at top of that fucking welterweight division. Fight one yeah, of them. He's lads. thirty-two now. He's not twenty-two, you know. Oh, it's so frustrating. Like, and I'm, I'm not saying this because I hate MVP. I'm saying this because I like MVP. I want to see him in these top fights against these top fighters, and that's where he should be. And it's a fucking crying shame that he's not there. To be honest, because he's losing a lot of his time as well. Like, I just, oh, I hate it. It's very annoying. But anyway, <laughs> what actually I mentioned earlier on, everyone that was, I, I talked to a couple of people there, that were there at the event tonight, there was lots of empty seats and then lots of uh, kind of curtaining off of areas up the top as well. And we talked about this before, this European series and Bellator have gone over and above telling us how much they're paying fighters <clears throat> and the fighters themselves has gone over and above saying how much they're earning. And they're Viacom, not Viacom have billions in cash line around if you're not listening to yeah, Dana White. But when they're not filling out arenas, that won't last very long. I'm telling you, this is this they want to be very careful what they're doing here because that okay, they probably have lots of money from the zone and things like that, but how long will this the zone money last? How long will the zone last? That the zone in itself I don't think is the most sustainable model in the world, but uh, you know that that deal that they had is what three five years whatever it is at the end of that will they get that money back again and if they don't what's going to happen to this european series when they're not filling out arenas like this they can fill out uh, dublin brilliantly because we have james Gallagher and loads of other guys that uh, the irish people like but there doesn't seem to have a star emerged in the uk mvp is a fantastic fighter fabian edwards is a fantastic fighter and they can barely quarterville an arena in london in london like london where there's millions of people there, <laughs> like they they can't fill a they can't fill an arena. That to me is very very. If I was a, if I was David Green or if I was working for Bellator, I'd be very worried about that. Uh, and if I was a fighter fighting in the UK or Ireland, or maybe maybe not Ireland, but maybe in the UK, I'd be worried enough as well to see if this is sustainable and see what I'd be keeping my uh, my ten and ten. Would you, would I be better off going to uh, going to Cage Warriors and trying to get to the UFC? Maybe, but it's an interesting debate. I, I like I don't. Uh, this, this debate has raged on and on about where whether you're or you just you, you just make, make the money until the wheels fall off and then you can go to gauge words yeah maybe you can do that as well or maybe be in a better position to, to go to the ufc but yeah yeah, yeah uh, i i think like uh, i wouldn't be that worried like uh for bellator they're obviously uh they're obviously owned by a huge company and i know i know they're they're, they're paying these guys a lot of money mma wise but really they're not really paying them that much Right. But before we finish on the Bellator thing, what? Paul Daly was absolutely hilarious uh, all night. Yeah, I thought... Trying to claim that he clearly beat uh, MVP and that everybody thinks he clearly beat MVP. Oh, he? He's like, uh, well, most people thought I, I beat MVP, including myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say of course like you that. did. He wouldn't shut up about it. It was so funny. I love the way as well when James Gallagher was there. I was like, I've never been to Ireland. But then I came and I saw James Gallagher. I was like, you fought in Ireland, like... <laughs> he's a great man I, what's he what was he like for the rest of the night i thought i actually thought that was the first thing i thought as well but i saw he was very funny but yeah uh, your man aiden power from like the fucking din oh, zuppy and fucking snatter from back in the day like very funny <laughs> very it's, it's funny. just odd yeah. yeah why did i not have proper commentators like, I, I don't know. know like that that english lad who does the play-by-play actually isn't that bad i think he's okay but 
just why would you have him? Yeah, like, but they, they have better guys on the books. Like they yeah. have they have other way better guys they can just fly over. I don't know why they don't. Yeah, it makes it makes very little sense. But sure anyway. These things happen in the mid. There was a big fucking brawl outside there as well. And I don't know what the crack there was, but sure look. I think there was a brawl at Cage Warriors as well, which we'll we'll now get You're to James Gallagher and uh what was your man's name? Cal Eleanor. Kimball. Kimble. Oh Kimball, oh yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, I don't know, like uh I don't know what he said. He said something about he said, James's mother. This is exactly what he said now. He said uh that James put a picture up of himself and his mother, I think, after James had won. And uh Mike Kimball like either reposted or commented and he goes, It's a pity it's a pity your mother didn't swallow that sperm instead of like giving birth to you or whatever, which is that's a very <laughs> a very inconceived <laughs> thing to say. That's very bad, alright, but like yeah so uh, I, would, yeah. if someone said that to you like would you hit him with a left hook or would you just like say what who cares like i don't know like uh, it's hard to know not in the situation like uh you probably would have words like you'd probably be you'd probably say something but i don't know uh, i suppose uh Never. it's all good it's all good promotion as well like it's all it's all headlines it's all it's all attention mm-hmm. so it works for both guys uh Kimball got got what he got what he wanted as well. Yeah, the younger generation, too soft. Can't they get? Can't, can't, it's all a bit of crack though. You can't know? make a joke now. <laughs> chaos in MMA. Like if we didn't have that, it wouldn't be anywhere near as fun. It wouldn't. Yeah, but sure. Look, these things happen in MMA anyway. Yeah, look, you can't be saying that sort of thing. And if you say that, you know, James Gallagher has every right to. Go well, you can, but like the guy's gonna. Yeah, yeah, if the guy comes up to you and. And smack here says something to you, you kind of had it coming, so yeah. Trump belts the lads either, though, is not probably the best thing in the world to be doing. Like, James Goddard shouldn't be doing that, like, but like, I, I, I never thought an Irish lad would do that, to be honest. <laughs> like, that's I've my friends have said a hundred times things, a hundred times worse things to me over the years. Like, I'm sure you've, you've heard fucking worse. Like, that's like Ireland people, Irish people slagging each other or taking a slag, like, is. He's not beyond realms of madness, and I know you know you shouldn't be saying those things, and all, but look. Who cares? Right, let's move on. Cage Warriors. Uh, it was, as always, a very good Cage Warriors card. Like, watching Cage Warriors and comparing Cage Warriors to, to Bellator, in terms of production, first of all, Cage Warriors is just, I think, so much better in terms of how quickly it moves. And it can, I suppose, because it's on Fight Pass and it doesn't have the, the TV thing. So maybe that's unfair on Bellator. But the I think the presentation, the presenters are much better. I think Dan Hardy on analysis is just fantastic. And okay, Paul Daly was funny and all, but I think Dan Hardy's like the best in the world in that role. I think he should be doing that every week for the UFC. I think he's fantastic at it. Uh, the, t- <coughs> the two lads in commentary are very good as well. Um, during announcing is horrendous, but we'll get over that. Uh, and just it's easy to find it and everything on Fight Pass. It's just you know it's 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 so good. That's one thing watching. Cage Warriors yesterday it's so easy to watch like a Bellator wasn't that bad even one of my friends was watching it and he was like is this fucking fight ever going to start twice in the three, in the three five main cards so that'll tell you enough about them but yeah it's, I think that's one thing that Cage Warriors have up on Bellator but I actually don't think it's Bellator's fault uh, the, the pacing of the card because it's on live TV and you know Cage Warriors might have the same thing if they were on live TV as well so but this Cage Warriors card overall uh, I thought it was a, uh, you know, I thought it was good. I caught m- most of the top fights uh, on on the undercard. There was some uh, some good wins. James Hedden got a win on the undercard. Uh, Kingsley Crawford, Josh 
uh, O'Wardy, uh, Mike Ikundo, he moves to 8 and 1 now, so that's a very good record. Got a, got a good win there over Luca Levine. Uh, there was a disqualification when legally, I didn't actually manage to see that, but uh, Corey Tate got a win as well. Matthew Bonner, Liam Griffiths, and a few more lads there as well. Did you see this? Um, Alex Lahori finish where Joelton Santos knocked him out and then did like the most dickheadish, disrespectful <laughs> taunting of a knocked out guy I have maybe ever seen. Did you see that? That was really bad. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of I, I like it in a way. Sometimes when, yeah, but like, you know, I hate when this is like, you know, guys are talking before or whatever and then babble before and then the second that this fight finishes they're all hugging and kissing and stuff sometimes yeah. it's just like ah oh, for fuck's sake mm-hmm. yeah so it's no I don't mind it you don't mind it yeah fair enough fair enough yeah but uh, like you know uh, in Aoki who was it he broke his arm and yeah. he just fucking flipped him off like danced around I thought that was like you know there was a big grudge and I, I prefer that than you know kissing and making up straight away Sometimes, like, if it's a mad war, like, if it's back and forth, it's a real, like, respect earner, then, then it's appropriate to, to hug it out. But some guys just hug it out, like, straight away, if, even if even if it's, like, you know, uh, respect hasn't really been earned both ways. Obviously, stepping in there is, is would earn a lot of respect, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, as a dickhead myself, I kind of like dickheadish stuff, but... I can see, like this for him probably took away from that lovely knockout he got because most people will only be talking about this celebration which and Actually, we're talking Laura, about it more though more that's true with this well, than we yeah. would be if he hadn't done it would have glanced over it probably that's true as well. he, he did knock him out with a lovely left hook though um, Modestus Pekowskis won the, the Cage Warriors light heavyweight title then uh, yeah with the him. McGregor elbows as you call yeah, them yeah McGregor elbows very nice elbows up against the cage uh, for the player played to him Max Brunel I thought he looked really good against Steve Amiable Steve came back into it there at a stage kind of in the second round I think it was but Brunel showed his ability he's just so slick on the feet very very good you know, he was in the UFC a while back and I don't think he's too far away from the UFC again um, obviously I think it was Amiable missed the weight he did yeah so uh, the title wasn't up in the line there and it was a three round fight and uh, Brunel won it so very good for him and I suppose before we get to the main event Paddy Pimblett as well his opponent, uh, Joe Gianetti, I believe his name is, missed weight by, I think it was seven pounds. Uh, then he started immediately drinking and eating, according to Paddy, I think it was. Well, uh, Paddy put out a video, yeah, I think, on video, social yeah. media of the guy kind of jumping around, shouting and stuff at the way. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, if, if somebody has really killed themselves to make a weight cut, like I've seen guys really struggle and really, you know, take every last bit of water out of them and that guy... I can see why Paddy thought this guy hasn't hasn't done that. Yeah, I yeah he he definitely didn't. And I like Georgie and Eddie. He wasn't very professional here. Okay, he took it on short notice, but the fact he went like eating and drinking straight away after it was fucking looked very bad. Like, and as Paddy kind of said, and you said there, he didn't look like he tried as hard as he absolutely could to get down there, and he didn't because. If he did, he would have tried for another hour or half an hour or whatever, or just like said, "Look, I can't, and this is what I'm gonna do." You don't go straight in and start eating and drinking like so. Yeah, it's it's a tough one there, but I, I, I find it very hard to say this, and I don't really want to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I think Paddy should have still taken the fight, and I'll tell you why. I think he needs this fight right now. To be honest, it's it's March until there's another cage. He, he needs start. to get the momentum back. Yeah, yeah he needs he to get the momentum back. We talked about it before. Yeah, it's it's another like he said. I think it was to to PC uh, after this or before the event. 
uh, eight weeks. He's put eight weeks into this camp and he hasn't made a single mistake. So that's two months. And it's March. What are we? December, January, February, March. That's four months. So two months and four months. That's six months lost in his career. Six months without a fight. Again, after so long without a fight. After only, I think, one win in the last three years or something. He needed a fight. And I know you're t- it's a big risk. And I know you're taking a big risk by a guy who's way heavier than you. Already at a weight that you probably only want to stay at for another while to go back down to featherweight. I know it's a risk. But I feel like... Uh, I feel like that's a risk you kind of have to take. I think I think if Paddy maybe had another hour or so to think about it or something, I think he might have taken it. But I think the fact that he saw him and eating, so I was like, what the fuck? He's after coming in seven pounds. And I don't, don't blame Paddy at all for it. I think I don't think he made the wrong decision at all, per se. But, uh, like... Like, uh, for example, if the guy had a... You know, the guy would have known several hours out that yeah. he wasn't going to make weight or come even close to it. If his team had reached out and say, here, Paddy, stop your weight cut. Catch you know, or yeah. yeah, maybe they would have been able to sort it out. Like, but mm-hmm. Paddy obviously, you know, cut a lot of weight, cut down in his mind. You know, uh, why should he have to go through all this suffering and, and pain to make the weight? And this guy's just fucking jumping around, having a great crack, eating and drinking, yeah. and didn't say didn't say a word when he was going to miss weight by seven odd pounds. Like, you know, come on, yeah, I, I, I can see it from from his perspective. But yeah, I do, I do think like you know if had been handled better and Paddy and his team had a bit more time to think about it maybe it would have been different but it's it's just really unprofessional um, mm-hmm. to miss weight by that, by that much you, know, you can miss it by a pound or two like a wake up goes wrong or your body stops sweating or something it, it can happen the odd time but yeah. seven uh, come on yeah like I don't. I don't blame. The I know. Dude I for... know. Paddy needs. I need to fight. Like, and you know, uh, yeah. what happens if in four months' time or whatever he goes in there and his opponent fucking, you know, gets injured a few days before the fight? Like, you know, then he, uh, yeah. he needs to fight. Yeah. Like, I, uh, the the big issue with Joe Giannetti, I think, is look. If you're sweating and you, or if you're cutting weight and you stop sweating, you can't. Fair enough. But like, that's not a thing that you stop from when you miss weight that's the thing you stop from an hour after you miss weight when you try to make weight more like that's the big criticism of him there look missing weight is a criticism and then not even trying to make it an hour after is criticism as well but when i talk what i talked about there i'm looking at it from a perspective of paddy twice like the perspective that your man came over seven weight seven pounds over and then didn't even bother trying to make it for the next hour is like oh why should i even think just not take this fight and that's a right thing to do like i i couldn't criticize him for it but another perspective of his is this is six months down the drain which is a fucking difficult thing to live with like in terms of just anxiety and fucking throwing away this time and just kind of leaving it behind you in terms of I, I, you know, Paddy is such a hyped prospect and a good prospect, and he seems like you know he was he was training up in Leeds and that striking gym and everything like that. Like, it's and it's fucking it's not his fault at all. I'm not you know I'm not one bit blaming him or anything. I'm not saying that, but it, there's like two decisions that could have been made, and I think that both decisions, one is risky, and it's a tough decision to make, and one is a very 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 tough decision as, as well to make not to fight. So. You know, you're fucking, you're two, you know, it's a double sided kind, and you're losing on both of them, I suppose. But sure, look, whatever. I'm, just, I'm fucking devastated for Paddy. I tweeted during the week that it's the fight I was most looking forward to this whole weekend, and unfortunately, it didn't happen. But look, maybe Cage Warriors could give him a, give him a one fight exemption or something. Maybe he can go and fight somewhere else, even, you know, maybe an FCC show or something like that, where he could just get a fight. But I don't know if that's possible or stuff. Paddy's on a good bit of money, so that mightn't be 
that mightn't be possible. Maybe they could fucking put on a show for Paddy in January or something in in uh, in Liverpool. Or Is there even any like December academy shows coming up? Cage yeah. Warrior Academy show coming up? He needs up to fight like get, yeah, Cage Warriors need to get Paddy Pimble to fight. Like I really fucking think they do. This is this is your your top prospect. This is one of your top fighters. Like I know I'm not you know I'm not saying you know I'm not criticizing Cage Warriors or anything, but they, they fucking need this. Like they, I, uh, Paddy needs it. And I I'd love to see him get him to get him a fight. But sure, look, we'll we'll see how it goes on here. Right then, the main event. James Webb versus Natias Frederick. And this, it wasn't a classic fight, but this was a real, I thought, edge of the seat, kind of what's going to happen sort of fight. Because we saw the first fight and it was, a, you know, a crazy fight where, you know, Natias Frederick <laughs> dropped him on his head a couple of times and Webb got on top and there was... And he tried to do it again. He, he tried did, to like pedigree yeah. him. Uh... <laughs> do you think that kind of played with Webb's head a little bit that he was like oh I'm not going to fully go to this position in case he does it because he tried it kind of a couple of times and he kind of let mm. go and Frederick kind of got free a couple of times I hadn't thought that I don't think so uh, I think it was it was uh, Frederick who kind of thought uh, I better not do this yeah, kind of halfway yeah. through yeah. back to pedigree <laughs> yeah. it was like I, I thought it was an interesting fight like in the, in the first round I had Webb winning um, Frederick he landed a couple of shots early but uh, there was a clinch from Webb and he was doing more this time that was the, the criticism of Webb the last time when he got in the clinch when he got on the ground he wasn't really doing much wasn't landing much but in the first round especially he was doing a lot more and I thought he did well enough to uh, to land to win that round uh, the second round, it was kind of a similar enough. Uh, I didn't think there was as many shots from Webb, and Fredericks caught him with an elbow uh, at one stage. It was a very, very close round. I think I maybe just gave it to Fredericks, but uh, I think I think all three judges gave it to Webb, if I'm not mistaken. But it was one of those rounds. I thought it was very, very close, uh, and that that elbow yeah, as well. I, I actually thought uh, Webb edged it out, but I was thinking, oh, it could be could be one one, could be two one, two yeah, nil here. It was one of those, yeah. That, that elbow as well, it looked like it could have been slightly to the back of the head and the one that kind of cut him. So it's that's another thing you take into account. Oh, is that a fucking legal shot and should I be scoring that? Which is, I, I don't know, that's maybe a chat I should be having with, with Ben Cartledge or referees or stuff. But anyway, in the, the third round, Frigic hurt him uh, and took Webb down. Webb got back up, uh, landed in, uh, Webb, or, uh, Fre- Fredericks landed an elbow on a knee. Webb got a takedown, uh, landed a few shots, but uh, I thought Fredericks did enough to, to win that yeah. round. Uh, in the 14th, Webb was in trouble early. Fredericks landed uh, a lot of shots. He almost pedigreed him in the middle of the fourth. Uh, there was a takedown in from Webb, but didn't do much on top, and it was stood up. Um, an elbow from Fredericks on a takedown attempt was actually a nice shot. Uh, and then Webb kind of got into trouble early as Fredericks came forward, landed that big shot right down the middle, landed a second one, and then was coming on and on and on through about 15 shots. Not all of them landing, uh, but Webb was Nearly all of them that. not landing or yeah. landing on the shoulders what, and the arms and progressively. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was a bad stoppage. I thought he, he he literally was just flailing and it was getting slower and slower and he was basically, Frederick was basically exhausted. I know Webb looked tired and was rocked, but uh, I definitely don't think he was finished. Um, I think he was blocking, like blocking the shots is intelligently defending yourself. Like if the guy's not landing mm. the shots, like then... <laughs> Uh, and then, like Frederick was just exhausted. The shots were coming so slowly, and uh, I thought I didn't think it was going to be stopped, and was surprised when it was. If it was just those shots thrown, and half of them, three quarters of them were getting blocked, I would agree with you. But the fact that 
he was hurt and with that big shot down through the middle and a second one landed. Yeah, he was hurt, but he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't out on his feet and he wasn't, on, he, he didn't hit the ground. Like, you know, he was, he was stunned and he was definitely, he was tired too, but. There was nothing coming back like. Yeah, but when you're blocking and the guy's, you know, the guy's not, like he's throwing punches, but he's not hitting you. He's not, imp- he's not at landing impactful shots at all. Maybe one or two in, in the 20 punch flurry, you know. Yeah, but you, like, I think that's intelligently defending yourself. I don't think it is, to be honest. I like getting your hands up. Is he threw the, the odd shot back, like he, he threw like no, the odd like, no. token one back. Like uh, he, he, didn't, he, he I think didn't. he did at the no, start of the not, not in the last the start of the flurry. He threw a couple of token ones back, and he ended up getting. I think he ended up getting hit on for throwing the token ones, and then he basically just covered up yeah. and intelligently defended himself. I know he was mm. he was definitely hurt. Like don't get me wrong, it was like wasn't like the worst stoppage I've ever seen, but I was I was surprised it was stopped. When you're like. In that position, like it's a difficult one because I, I I wouldn't say it's like the best stoppage we've ever seen. I wouldn't say this fight a hundred percent needed to be stopped right there. Nothing, I would not say that. But I wouldn't definitely not call this a bad stoppage either because of what was happening. Like, okay, getting your hands up and blocking shots is an intelligent defense. But when there's nothing coming back from it, when you're just turtling up after having already been hurt. Those things add up. Those things put together. If you take them by themselves, yeah, 100%. But those things definitely add up. Like, Webb didn't complain immediately after. He knew. Like, he, you're give, if you do what Webb did there, you're giving the referee a decision to make. And that's something in MMA you can't do because the referee is there to, to save you from more damage. Now, you, yeah. you can... Well, especially yeah. as the ref moves in and gets closer and closer, you need to realize, like, yeah. here, if I don't move right now... But yeah, I do. I do think it was a little early. But and if it had gone another second, it would have been the end of the round. Mm-hmm. You can't take, that, you into, can't take that into. You can't take that into yeah, but I, th- I, th- I think maybe maybe Webb took that into account. He thinks of oh, just cover up. Here. He hears the ten second clapper. He thinks if I just cover up here for if I if I just don't re- take a big shot and hit the ground here, I'll be okay. So maybe that was his thinking as well. But uh, obviously, he didn't complain afterwards, as you said. Yeah. Well, yeah. he kind of did, but not immediately. No, and I don't think I haven't seen any tweets from Chris Field or Tom King or any of them complaining. You know, they were very uh, magnanimous in in defeat and everything. I I think you have to make the the trilogy now. You know, the first one was a draw. Fredericks won this one. Webb came in as the champion. There were two very interesting fights. I think you make the trilogy, but I think there's a very interesting thing watching this. Like, and it's I was having a chat with about uh, about this with someone today. MMA is just a great sport, isn't it? Because you can have someone like like Fredericks. Does Fredericks have great striking? Does he have great takedown defense? Does he have a great clinch? Does he have great jujitsu? Does he have great wrestling? I think the answer to all those questions are no, to be, to be honest. But he's a very good fighter. Like he's just a rough, tough guy who'll never give up. Webb gets on top of him. He just fucking stands up. He's a strong, athletic brave motherfucker like and he will do that and he'll throw big shots and he can, and that's one of the fight at the end throwing all those shots just gone out there and throwing them like someone like that can succeed and someone like Webb who I think is an intelligent fighter who like these guys are still both very young in their careers as well I think Webb's only like 8-9 fights or something like that and Fredericks is only around the same so these guys will improve again and I actually think Fredericks is a just a terrible matchup for for someone like Webb at this stage of their career just because he, you know Webb is a very good wrestler and you someone as strong as that who you can't fucking hold down and when you do hold him down 
you can't posture up to land shots because the second you give them an inch, they'll just stand up and then you're back to square one again. Just a horrendously hard matchup for James Webb at this stage of his career. And that's, I think, what made for such very close, tough fights because Webb is good at what he's good at and... Uh, Fredericks is good as what at what he's good at, and it just made for it just made for a very very you know not classic fight or anything, but just good you know Ian Dean matchmaking, very good matchmaking. I thought it was, and uh, I, I that's kind of the reason why I want to see it again. But like Webb and Frederick, like if I said Fredericks, and I I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Saying Fredericks is not great at any of those things. Imagine if he does get great at him, like he's still young in his career, and he's he's fighting another team renegade as well, if I'm not mistaken. With all those good guys we talked about earlier on, what if he gets way better at his wrestling and his striking and everything else to go with this? You could have a special fighter on your hand, no no doubt about that. And Webb as well, you know, he, his striking can improve, his ability to stay on top can improve again. Although he won't be fighting Tyus Frederick in every fight, and it'll look better. I guarantee you, it'll look better in his next fight because you're not fighting that sort of guy. But you know, he'll improve everywhere as well. And, you know, this is uh, I like I, I like both of these guys. Like, I think it's a similar actually one to to um to Shipman and and uh, um, uh, Edwards in terms of guys who are still young in their career and will improve. Like this one, like they're very you know very a very very close fight and two guys who will keep improving. Like the Shipman and Edwards one because maybe go, both guys didn't fight as well as we maybe thought they could. We're a bit more negative on them, but I think in you know in a week or two or in the cold light of day when we look at each of those guys, especially Edwards. We look at how good they can be and how good they are. I think Edwards is a little bit above him right now, or a good bit above him even. I think he's one of the top prospects in the world. But it's interesting to look at these guys, I suppose. And we're looking at guys at the top of cage wires and in Bellator and in the co-main event and stuff. And they're still not where they they need to be in terms of their prime. You know, and they're still getting there. And it's it's very interesting. It's very it's very nice to watch these guys where they are now and where they're where they're going to go. So yeah. Anyway, two good cards over the weekend. A lot of fun. What, and, and whatnot. There you go. Right. Um, Palahan got a, a good win as well there over over the weekend, so uh, he did, he did well and uh, good for Irish MMA. But uh, a couple of things actually. We're, so we're not going to be around next week. So we look at a, a couple of the cards coming up. There isn't actually that much. Uh, but before we do that, Ben Askren retired. Graham, go on. Just give us the give us the, <laughs> the MMA retirement thing, and then we'll get into talk about it. Go on. Yeah, he's uh, he's saying he needs a hip replacement, but uh, maybe back in the day, you know, a few years ago, maybe a hip replacement will be the end, definitely for uh, an athlete. But now, you know, you can probably get get it done, get it done well, and come back, and we'll probably see Ben Askren back in a couple of years, more than likely. Maybe, yeah, we we definitely could. I wouldn't, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out totally. But the itch, the itch. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like Ben Askren, I think as well. A hit replacement is no joke, a hundred percent. Especially with his sort of style, I think it'll be really tough to come back. He probably will come back, but he might not. Like it wouldn't surprise me. If is ben he gonna want to leave it like that? Like you know. But like people for years were like, ah, but he got destroyed in the UFC, and then he comes in and kind of gets very lucky against Bob Lawler or Robbie Lawler, and uh, gets absolutely destroyed. Then uh, basically uh, by Masvidal, like in the most mm. embarrassing fashion possible, uh, and then obviously uh, gets out grappled by like a forty whatever year old Damian Maya. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to want to leave his career like that? In a couple of years' time, when he's back fit, is he like what's he gonna do? What's Ben Askren gonna do if he doesn't fight? Yeah, but it's not it's not getting any better from here. Let's be honest. Like, what what's he gonna do? Like, who's he gonna come back and beat? 
there's, there's no one like he's God, there's loads of guys he can, he can beat yeah but after hip replacement after two years out of the game or something like that and Dana doesn't like him as well so like is he gonna get nice matchups when he goes back, back from yeah, hip replacement like uh, yeah look I... but he's, a, he's a competitor you know all these guys are competitors he's been wrestling his whole life like uh, yeah I hit the back I know every guy we ever talk about in this we always say to come back but I personally think if I had to flip a, if I had to say now will Askren be back or not I actually say no I, I just feel like Askren is the sort of guy who won't but I like I probably will be wrong I could be wrong but like if we look back just quickly at Askren's career you're a mark you're I am, a mark I am a mark I, I wrote an article over on our <laughs> over on our Patreon this week about Askren's career and do you know what I thought was actually funny and was like I think one of the the best things you can say about Ben Askren and this might sound very negative, but it's actually positive. We actually didn't know how bad Ben Askren was until his very last fight. We didn't really truly know how bad he was until his last fight. Like, the Lawler fight... How bad he is is pretty harsh, though, no? No, no well... Uh, we didn't know his limitations, okay? That, you know, I, uh, yeah, when I said, uh, when I said I, that was going to sound bad, it did sound bad. He's, we didn't know his limitations. We didn't know his ceiling. His ceiling. That's a good way of saying it. We didn't know his ceiling until his very, very, very last fight. Like... Against Robbie Lawler, we had a high suspicion. We, oh, we knew, though, we knew, <laughs> we knew that for years. But people didn't know. Like most people didn't know, and most people don't know shit about MMA. But a lot of those people did not know until his very, very last fight. Some people are still denying it, and those people are fucking idiots. So whatever. Probably, yeah, they probably don't know now. Like you know, but they, like you, you either know or you're a fool. Like you know, that's that's the, the problem there. But like against Robbie Lawler, he got he got beaten down. The, the fight ended weirdly. You know, he might still have won that fight. Who knows? Against Masvidal, he obviously got knocked out in five seconds. But it was the Maya one. He got beat up on the feet, and then he got out-grappled. Like, this has been Ashburn. Everyone's calling him the best grappler in the world. And Maya is an unbelievable grappler. You know, if you're taking a grappling match against the welterweight, apart from maybe George St. Pierre or, or Tyron Woodley, maybe. Uh, Maya is the, the worst. Or, or Usman as well, but there's a few. Um, Maya is the worst guy you can, you can go in against. So, but, but. Uh, Jake, everyone, Jake Shields. Jake Shields. Everyone was calling... Ben Askren the best grappler in the world, not everyone. Lots of people are calling him the best grappler in the world. They're calling him the best welterweight in the world. He never was that, and we but we never found that out until the end of his career. And that's I think that's pretty mad. Like for a guy who went around with absolutely no striking, and um, at the top of his division for all the years he was he was there were Woodley, GSP. Basically, the two of them. There was Hendricks there for a while. You know, Wonderboy was around as well. He never won the title, but he was around there. And uh, Usman now, but GSP and Woodley. Nobody, nobody listening to this podcast. And if you do, slap yourself across the face because nobody could ever believe that Ben Askren could beat GSP or Tyron Woodley. No one. There is zero percent chance if he him beat neither of them. Just no way he beats either of them. Like So to call Ben Askren the best welterweight in the world at any time is wrong. Ben Askren's a very, very, very good welterweight. Completely and utterly overrated. But a very good welterweight. Like top 10 welterweight probably for years and years and years. Because he'll beat most guys. 100%. But the fact that he wasn't in the UFC and he never kind of got to prove that he was in that position and found where he was. Like Masvidal, a very, very, very good fighter. Has improved over the, over the years and is where he is at the moment. A very good fighter. But like... You know, you're someone like a Wonderboy, a fantastic fighter, never was able to get to the very top, but I, people know exactly how good he is, know where he is, have seen his limitations and seen what he's great at. Like, guys who've never gotten to, Cerrone, you know, guys who've never gotten to the top and we know how good they are, you know, even a Frankie Edgar or a, 
well, he got to the top, I suppose. But you know, there's there's lots of guys. Gustafson, Gustafson's a perfect example. I think he never he never got to the top. He got beaten there. But we know how good Gustafson is. I feel like even if Askren had been in the UFC and we realized his limitations, his ceiling, and he'd got to be a top five guy. I think people would maybe understand it more and would view his place in MMA a lot differently than it is right now. It's just, like, it is unfortunate that he didn't get to the UFC earlier so he could maybe have found that place earlier and then maybe made adjustments to change and become better. Now, I don't think his striking ever would have been good enough. Maybe it would have been if he had, you know, taken it up earlier or whatever, but... It's been Ashgren's career is one of these ones that we don't actually see that much in MMA because the UFC always managed to get the best fighters nearly all of the time. Now that's down to Dana not signing him. It's also down to Ashgren having a bit of a, a big mouth, uh, and which went well for him and went badly for him at, at different situations. But overall, Ashgren's career I think was fun. You know, I always enjoyed hearing Ben Askren after his early fights, I think towards the end of his Beltar career and on. Uh, lots of fun fights, you know, lots of good finishes. Well, well, very early on, there was some very, very boring fights. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I, they, those were yeah. shite, but uh, towards the end of his Beltar career until his very last fight, they were almost all fun fights. It was very good. And he's talking outside of the cage and everything. I thought he was he was a gas man, like, very funny. You there? You see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's he's kind of done well in MMA to kind of keep the pretense of, of upper echelon going for so many Indeed, years yeah. as I said his last you know, fight people yeah. didn't know until his last fight yeah that, that's like you know uh, so I know there's this thing where <laughs> there's this thing where people outside the UFC like you know people are trying to say oh Douglas Lima is the best the best welterweight in the world now and Bellator trying to push that a lot and you see people on Twitter saying it but I think uh, that's kind of a thing that's gone on since Pride it's gone on all the time where people like to kind of sound in the know or say somebody that's kind of unknown to the casual fans and say oh this guy is the best in the world I, I kind of know 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 more about the sports than you they're kind of saying in that statement so I think that's even subconsciously that's maybe they feel or they also feel more kind of you know he's my guy because people don't know about him people feel more close close to these guys uh, than than a guy who's, who's like kind of known and loved by, by everybody it kind of happens in probably pro wrestling as well like you know uh, yeah. people like to have a kind of favourite wrestler that isn't you know, uh, a high-profile pushed guy. Yeah, or like, uh, oh, fucking uh, Erling Halan. He's fucking class. I hope Man United sign him. He's brilliant. Or like, oh, Timo Werner. I've seen loads of him playing in the Bundesliga. Like, he's absolutely brilliant. Like, oh, lo, lo. people do that all the time. Like, you did it with fucking Nabi yeah. Keita. Oh, he's brilliant. I watched a few of his games and he and comes Nabi in. Nabi Keita and Timo Werner are both actually really, really good players. See, so, you're uh, doing it right Timo now. Werner. See, Timo Werner, like uh, I, I haven't seen him in a couple of years because I only watched kind of that season where where Nabi Kaida was kind of pretty much kind of rumored to go to Liverpool and kind of signed with a pre-contract. Yeah, and there was a BT Sport would show, you know, a lot of their games. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of them, and they look they, they they like you know Timo Werner does look like a very good player, but um, until until he does it really in like the Champions League and stuff, you you just don't know. 
Musa uh, Dembele has been killing for Leon. We should sign him. He'd be deadly. Yeah, that just happens. But yeah, anyway, look, Ben Askren. You know, you can say that as well. But like, you know, somebody like you know, Riyad Mahrez or Kante could be taken out of nowhere and be like winning Premier League. Like, you know, yeah, so. But look at Leicester. I think in, in football, in, in football, there's kind of more. You know, there's so many players around the world that it's harder to yeah, it is, yeah. kind of judge who's who, like in MMA. It's it's a lot easier, I think. Yeah, it's getting that way in MMA as well. But sure, right. We're going to just quickly talk about these two cards coming up in two weeks' time, or ne- uh, next week, you know, next weekend, sorry, yes, because we won't have a, this podcast next week, but we'll have the State of the UFC address, which will be a similar enough Lint podcast and all that, so that we'll be recording that earlier because I'm away next weekend and there's no real big fights on, so uh, these are in two weeks, so uh, Mamed Kalilov versus Scott Askham is in KSW52, that's a very good fight, Kalilov, hashtag MMA retirement, he retired and he came back as well, so Scott Askham has been doing very good things since <laughs> he left the UFC, uh, Damien Janikowski is fighting on that card as well, and a few other lads as well, The full I'm looking at my junkie here, the full card isn't there, so that, you know, KSW is always fun to watch, That uh, another big card over in Poland there, so that'll be fun, and then the UFC card, which is actually not a not a bad card at all, uh, some of the, the guys and girls on the bottom, uh, Matt Wyman is back again against Joe Selecki, we have your boy Chris Fishgold speaking of Liverpool MMA earlier on, he's fighting Billy Quarantillo, who, fair play him, Bryce Mitchell, I like actually Bryce, he's a bit of a madman fighting Matt Sales, uh, Thiago Alvarez. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I say that about? I'm just speaking words there. I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, Thiago Alvarez versus Tim Means. I see a lot of leg kicking there and Tim Means doing mad stuff. I like that fight. Rob Fern versus Ricky Simone. I love that fight. That's a really good fight in the Bantamweight division. Uh, Mickey Gall is fighting the, the terrible TBA. Who was he supposed to fight? He was supposed to fight someone and they pulled out. So hopefully he'll get a, get a fight. Uh, Cody Staman against Song Yadong. That's a really, really good fight as well. I really like that fight. Uh, Aspen Lad coming back after that weird stoppage against Jermaine uh, Dorandimi again. How what the fuck did I just say there? Against Yana Kunitskaya, Ben Rotwell against Stefan Struve, uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Cynthia Calvillo, who's obviously one of the, the top prospects coming through there. So that should be fun. And then Alistair Overeem versus Jarzinho Rusenstruck. Before we get to the main event, anything in that undercard there that kind of sticks out to you that uh, you like or you're looking forward to seeing? Um, mm, not particularly. Yeah. Uh, that Ricky Simon Rob Font fight, I suppose, is kind of interesting. I'm not, it's kind of I'm not sure who's going to win that one. Uh, it's a close fight, but not not really. Like it's not a great card. Yeah, never trust a man with two on paper, two at least. Never trust. Yeah, I I think the main <laughs> event is is actually very interesting because. Like Jarzinho, we saw him in his uh, was it his first UFC Your fight. Boy. Yeah, my my boy Jarzinho. We saw him. Was it? His, let me just look here. Yeah, against Junior Albini, where he looked your your boy, your boy, Biggie boy. Yeah, he looked horrendous in the first round for, at, at <laughs> stages, and he just comes out and he knocked the guy dead, and then he came in against Alan Crowder, knocked him dead in nine seconds. Then he came out against Andrew Arlovsky, knocked him dead in twenty nine seconds. So that's the type well, of guy. Was you're, that the uh, point where Junior Albini? Was that the fight where Junior, Junior Albini looked like he was wearing a nappy? And that, I, was it? I think it was. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was around that time. <laughs> Fair play to him. I love him for the Junior Albini. He might be getting on Team Sheehan. He's a little grand man, Junior Albini. Yeah. Like, do you think over... Like, I think people maybe think of over him if they haven't seen all of his fights. They're thinking, oh, he's just a really good kickboxer. I think over him will just come out and take him down in this fight. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, he could, he could just like grab a guillotine he has a, he has a good guillotine he has a he has a few good go-to uh, uh grappling moves that 
you know, if if he feels a need, if if his striking isn't isn't going well, or he or he feels there's his danger on the field, he, I think he can he can probably easily get the takedown. It's it's hard to know. Like you know, uh, obviously, it's it's much earlier in uh, Rosenstruck's career than Overeem's. Obviously, one of the most experienced fighters going. Like you know, forty five wins, seventeen losses, a lot of fights. Um, he's got a lot of experience he's kind of using his experience much more recently since he he, he kind of became less of a one round fighter and more of a uh, on the outside kind of smart fighter and I think I think uh, he should have more than enough here but you know at heavyweight these guys with big power can land one shot and change everything and over him you know shot straight down the middle have caused him problems before and he, he has shown you know, to be Ginny. So uh, there's always a, there's always a chance. Yeah, uh, like dumb and dumber. There, so you're saying there's a chance, but yeah. So <laughs> what was all that one in the million talk? <laughs> <laughs> Husband. Obstacles. Yeah. What was all that one in the million talk? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, like. I oh, actually, what a movie! I, yeah, it's one of the best movies. Jim Carrey, what a legend! One of the best movies all. I actually think. This fight could go one of two ways. I think either Overeem will take him down and just destroy him on the ground, which I actually think is the most likely thing that will happen. Okay, three ways. Or LT could just stand with him and someone will get knocked out. Or the third way I think it will go, and actually I think it's a pretty good chance of happening as well. Overeem takes him down. Rosenstruck manages to survive either till the end of the round or gets back on his feet. so, so tired. No, no, but... (laughs) And then just goes all out, knocks him out and, like, you know, four seconds on the feet. I like I I I feel like I uh, know if I had to predict, I'm going to say Overeem's going to take him down and beat him on the ground because he's Rosenstrick on the ground has been horrendous. But maybe he's improved. Maybe he's a little bit better. But I think there's a good chance, right? And you can take this clip now if it happens. Overeem takes him down. He gets back up and he knocks him out in about three seconds. That that's my, one of my predictions there. So, but a good fight. Looking forward to seeing it. Heavyweights, two two good hard hitting, f- joyous heavyweights. The the the, the uh, title as well next week as well. So I can't. Sure, I think Overeem's another example of ah, uh, he's the best in the world when he's outside of uh, yeah. of UFC, and then you come in, and you kind of get shown. He beat Brock Lesnar. Travis Brown kind of front kicks you in the face. Yeah, I predicted that as well. I, I predicted Travis Brown would win with a front kick. Yeah, uh, I actually that? I didn't I, I predicted Travis Brown would win, but I didn't predict anything more than that. I predicted front kick. Right, let's take one or two questions here before we go. Um, what? <laughs> so Jesus, who's this? Christopher Graham. Thoughts on Floyd Mayweather coming out of retirement from t- in twenty twenty? Um. Yeah, it looks like he's he's done some kind of deal with. Zufa, or I don't know if it's Zufa boxing, or if it's, or if it's uh, if it's boxing, or if it's MMA, or what's going on. But uh, obviously, Habib's uh, manager has been on Twitter pushing or saying it's going to be that. But I don't think he'd be doing that if, if I don't think he'd be saying anything if it was if that was the case. Yeah. So it looks like he's just pushing for it. But uh, I really don't see uh, Floyd doing anything that resembles MMA. Maybe he'll be in a cage boxing or wearing MMA gloves boxing. But he, I, I'd be shocked if he ever did MMA. I think he'd get absolutely annihilated. Yeah. Look, I th- I think he. I think he probably won't do anything because it's you know it's Floyd Mayweather and you know he says lots of stuff. Uh, if he does come back, I think he'll probably just box and maybe you know like why isn't Habib versus Ferguson being announced yet? There's, maybe is there a reason for that? I don't know. Um, maybe he'll box Habib. 
Um, but yeah, as you say, Ali Abdelaziz, he's been talking a lot of shit and maybe he wouldn't, but you know, never know what Ali is, well, he's, he's a madman, but yeah, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Uh, right, one or two here again before we go. Um, should Gechi be on standby for Habib versus Tony if it happens? Um, yeah, why not? Let's, let's yeah, I think having when, when you've had a fight put together four times and it's fallen apart four times, you, you probably need to have uh, somebody <laughs> on standby. Yeah, definitely. Was uh, Sean Dini, was Mads Burnell hard done by getting caught out of the UFC and tough loss to good guys? I, I definitely think he was. Uh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Evan Keevney, do you think Belfast could be Cage Warrior's biggest mark in 2020? Yeah, there's a lot of good fighters in Belfast, a lot of good support up there as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so maybe. Uh, Don Signer, are they seriously trying to do Habib versus Tony again? There must have been something about that today. So, yeah, maybe. Miles uh, Price versus Alfie Davis in, Bur- in uh, Dublin from Ian O'Neill. I love that fight. Yeah, they were, sure they were supposed to fight yesterday, weren't they? But it, um, it didn't happen. And uh, last question here. We'll answer the rest of them. There's loads of questions actually here. So, thank you very much in, in the Q&A uh, on, uh, on Tuesday. Last question here from Christopher Graham. What podcasts, MRA related or not, do you listen to? Any, any podcast recommendations there, Graham? Um, I pull up my uh, I I I started subscribing. I I have a lot of su- uh, subscription to podcasts on iTunes, but I started subscribing to a few on um what Spotify. Oh, Spotify, oh yeah, uh, Spotify, yeah, mainly just football, football podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, let me just have a look here, see if there's anything else. I listen I to the True one. Balls podcast, but it's a, it's oh, a yeah. little choice. That was good, wasn't it? That was class. Yeah, I listen to True Balls. <laughs> I'm talking myself and JJ. Talk a lot of shit. Great. Load of shit. Load of shit. Talking, talking shit. It should be called. No. Um. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. Nothing comes to mind. Mainly just sports podcasts. Uh. Listen to it around the NFL podcast. Uh. The odd time, but mainly the ones that listen to regularly would be football podcasts like uh. Uh, the Anfield Rap or uh, Football Weekly or Totally Football or Second Captains obviously uh, mm-hmm. is very good as well. Yeah. Uh, I subscribe to, that, to the Second I think the, the Patreon ones I subscribe to are uh, Second Captains and then uh, what's what's it called? Our man in Stockholm. Yeah, Phil, Phil, O'Connor. Phil O'Connor. They're very good. Yeah, like those ones, Phil O'Connor ones. I love like waiting and listening to like three of them at a time. I love doing that. I, I, yeah, I, think I don't listen to all of them but sometimes I see oh that one sounds interesting yeah, I listen to that one yeah um, the ones I have if you're a Game of Thrones fan I listen to the Ball Move Game of Thrones podcast it's a really good podcast and Wester Bros as well for kind of a funnier thing this uh, what's his name Andrew Schultz I think he's like a very offensive comedian but he's very very funny if you like that sort of thing a lot of people probably would absolutely hate him but you know he's one of those Marmite guys you either love him or hate him but I think he's very funny so if you're interested in that Ties of History as well by uh, by Patrick Wyman he's very good obviously the MMA guy as well and he knows his stuff about history I think he's a doctor on history and all so that's uh, Dr. Dr. Patrick Wyman to you Dr. Patrick Wyman to me yeah and uh, mostly what I always listen to is fucking um, the Wrestling Observer Wrestling Podcast that's basically like I don't I almost never watch wrestling anymore i just listen to podcasts all the time that's weird i wonder if anyone listen to this and doesn't watch mma i feel like there's i feel like there's actually a pretty high percentage of people who listen to this and actually don't watch mma and that might seem mad but i do it like with, with wrestling so there has to be people and i hear them lads on that well, wrestling people don't watch all all the cards because yeah. it's hard to keep up with all the cards even when you're covering the sport yeah definitely 100%. actually i've meant to be saying this for the last while like I'd say about only 10% of people who actually listen to this podcast are subscribed. So 
we never say it, but please subscribe. You know, it doesn't <laughs> just to the normal podcast. Subscribe to Patreon if you want as well. It's patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. But if SoundCloud especially, it's a it's a big one for us. So if you're if you listen on SoundCloud, please subscribe on SoundCloud. Even if you don't listen on SoundCloud, maybe download SoundCloud and subscribe there anyway. Or so uh, you know, subscribe on, on Podcast Republic or iTunes or whatever. Or we don't, Spotify or, or Spotify, whatever. yeah. Like yeah, a lot of reviews uh, also are good for getting other getting uh, other people to see uh Yeah. To see the podcast on the charts and all that, all that. I, who knows how their iTunes charts work? Nobody seems to know. They're they're a yeah, bit crazy. But yeah. uh, the the reviews and the ratings definitely definitely help a lot. Yeah, a hundred percent. Right, that's it from us. Thank you very much to everybody uh, for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, come prediction up to- prediction for you for the the big uh, United uh, United match tomorrow. United versus United. Um, to see who's the the best United in the province of England. Sheffield United are at home, aren't they? I'll go with um, uh, let me go three all. Go on, lots of goals, bit of crack. Sheffield United are good. I think five at the back as well. They, I think they play that a lot. I don't think that'll help against yeah, Sheffield United. Are not uh, good. Man United as well. They're they're all right. Man United are fucking shit. Like, <laughs> let's be honest there. But, Agreed. Um, yeah. oh, I won't be arguing with that one. <laughs> That's we found common ground on soccer eventually so yeah right there you go that's it thanks everyone for for listening as i said next week sunday morning 8 a.m you will have a new episode of the state of the ufc address going through every division in the ufc and we'll be back with this normal podcast again in uh, two weeks and if you're on patreon i'll have a shitload of podcasts up for the next week one i'll have one tuesday one have one wednesday we'll have one have one thursday and we'll have loads of other stuff as well so sign up there patreon.com forward class severe mma podcast right that's all from us today and i will see you out on the inspirational quote of the week the happiest people are the ones who make others happy we'll see you next tuesday or sunday week or Monday week or like Wednesday week or Saturday week or something.